Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The COVID numbers are staggering. The United States has had 975,000 deaths and nearly 80 million cases. Of those cases, almost 13 million involve children. But there is a troubling subset those with long COVID. After I first got sick in the summer was probably the most terrifying experience of my life just because I felt like a completely new person. I felt sick in ways I couldn't explain. I couldn't retain any information. And it was just really, really a scary experience for my family and I. Kids who are otherwise healthy find themselves sick for months on end. I was in bed for about two, two and a half weeks, completely bedridden, couldn't move, no appetite. And there are doctors trying to determine why this is happening. Which children who have COVID are more likely to get long COVID? This could be a lingering health crisis for a generation of children. The incidence or the frequency of long COVID that range from less than 10% to more than 40%. If I had to guess, I would guess that in children, uh, it's probably somewhere in the 10 to 15% range. Doing the math, that's one and a half million children with stubborn symptoms that stick around for months after infection. They range from brain fog and lack of concentration to loss of tolerance of exercise. Welcome to 880 In-Depth. I'm Steve Scott. This week, we dig into the complex and troubling cases of long COVID in children. The symptoms are serious and disturbing. They sometimes subside only to reappear without warning. A little bit later, we'll hear from Dr. Larry Kleinman at Robert Wood Johnson Medical Center. He's been studying long COVID in kids and will soon be recruiting patients for a new research project. But we start with Haley Nelson. She is an 18-year-old from the Jersey Shore. Despite being double-vaxxed, She was diagnosed with COVID last June. Things went downhill quickly. Adding to her frustration was the fact her long COVID was not easily diagnosed. And then finally having Dr. Clouser um, at the long haul COVID clinic really be the first doctor who listened to me, took note of my symptoms and actually diagnosed me with POS and chronic fatigue. Haley is now being treated by Dr. Catherine Clouser. She's director of the Hackensack Meridian Children's Health Pediatric COVID-19 Recovery Center. Nine months later, Haley tells WCBS reporter Peter Haskell she is finally starting to feel like her old self. Yeah, I feel like a part of me is that my old self, I'll never be that way again for the better and for the worse. It's definitely changed me in a lot of ways. I like to say, like my mom said, I'm 75% to 80%. Um, Just looking back at it after I first got sick in the summer, 
was probably the most terrifying experience of my life just because I felt like a completely new person. I felt sick in ways I couldn't explain. I couldn't retain any information. And it was just really, really a scary experience for my family and I. So while I feel so much better, I'm definitely a new version of Haley. And I don't want to go back to the old one, but definitely part of me still grieves her. So in terms of the, the positive change, you make it sound like you said for better or worse. What, what, what good has come out of this for you? I really think I just have a new appreciation for people around me, and it's just opened up my eyes to the people who have listened to me and who have supported me. It's definitely been a tough journey, especially in the beginning, um, going to like local doctors and then going to a neurologist and having all these like ECGs, um, all these different tests done, blood work run, and just nothing obviously extreme showing up, which was great, nothing too, too serious just having to work so hard to find that answer because I knew something was wrong. And then finally having Dr. Clouser um, at the long haul COVID clinic really be the first doctor who listened to me, took note of my symptoms and actually diagnosed me with POS and chronic fatigue. So just kind of realizing that there, there are people who out there, there are people out there who will listen to you. It's just a matter of finding them and having my family to, to support me through all of that. And my school has been beyond amazing has just been, I just feel very fortunate. When things were bad, describe the kind of symptoms that you had and just trying to make it from day to day. Yeah, I mean, some days at first it was really hard because, well, just to speak about after I got sick and I was in bed for about two, two and a half weeks, completely bedridden, couldn't move, no appetite. It felt like I had mono before, so it felt like mono but times 10 it was like nothing I ever experienced um physical wise and then obviously emotionally that that took a toll on me I've always been a happy-go-lucky person I'm always smiling I finally have my smile back but just not understanding what was going on with me my heart would race I had a terrible fever it would I didn't understand the measurements behind it until now with my pots but it would raise like laying down to standing about 60 to 70 beats per minute just standing up within a matter of seconds so that was just extremely scary and not having an answer I think that was probably the hardest part for everyone supporting me and for myself for so long until I went to the long haul COVID clinic and really just found more people like me. What what concerns if any do you have about making a full recovery? So in terms of my recovery like I said yes I've definitely come a long way like probably about 80 percent um in terms of energy wise but my energy is still something I struggle with not fully being able to make it through an entire school day sometimes I still have to do online if I'm not feeling well um if I overdo it I have a flare-up and being a type a person and always wanting to achieve and just kind of put myself in every aspect of life that I can whether it be with school friends volunteer work it's just been really hard to accept that I'm not at full capacity and that to make that full recovery, I have to make some sacrifices and learn to pace myself. But in terms of the brain fog, um, that is probably the thing that has improved the most. I feel that I'm able to keep up with my studies again. Um, and I just feel a lot more confident in conversation. Um, it, it was the worst right after I got sick. I, I teach tennis in the summertime and 
my the head coach um, gave me instructions to go lead my group of kids and I went back and the he gave me three simple instructions anyone can probably complete them to lead this game with this group of kids and I went back to the court and my mind just went completely blank um, I had no clue what he had said I didn't remember anything it was almost just like complete memory loss so the fact that I have my brain back um, and my energy like I said with the pacing is something I'm definitely still working on but I'm confident I'll get there I just have to take it slow and keep doing what I'm doing <laughs> sounds really scary definitely is um I'm coming out of it it's a lot easier for me to talk about but this genuinely has been the hardest thing I've ever dealt with my in my entire life and I hope it is the hardest but I feel a lot stronger because of it and Kaylee four months ago today would not picture um that I would even be in well enough condition to be talking to you right now so I just think anyone who has long COVID or is dealing with something that they may think is long COVID just to hang in there and to find the professionals that are willing to listen because they're out there and I know they're not easy to access, but that's something that I'm really hoping um, can be more accessible to people. What kind of treatment did you have that helped you turn the corner? Um, yeah, there's been a few treatments. I After I went to the long haul COVID clinic, um, they diagnosed me with POTS, which is postural orthostatic orthostatic tachycardia syndrome so um, being on medication for that a steroid um, that I'm actually waning off of now which is very exciting has helped a lot and just genuinely after being diagnosed with the long-haul COVID the POTS and the chronic fatigue I think that my mind was settled that it was not something obviously not to take away from long COVID it's probably the most debilitating experience I've ever had but just that it was not something more serious um, and chronic in the sense that it was something like cancer or anything like that. Haley's message to other kids is don't give up. She says a therapist is helping her adjust to her new medical reality. A little bit later, we will hear from Haley's mom about the frustration she felt in looking for answers. You're trying to think, which doctor do we see? How do we get help? She has physical symptoms, but she's also, you know, feeling like, you know, like her brain, you know, she's got headaches and she has a lack of memory. But first, let's go to New Brunswick. Dr. Larry Kleinman is a professor of pediatrics and vice chair of pediatrics at Robert Wood Johnson Medical School. He's also been a national leader in children's health for years. He told our Peter Haskell about his new study on kids with long COVID. We are trying to recruit 2,000 children across the country as part of a larger study that will recruit 6,000 children. And we're trying to recruit children across the spectrum, those who have had COVID um, and had mild symptoms, those who've had COVID and had more severe symptoms, uh, those who, uh, even a, a small number of those who have not had COVID to serve as controls, and, uh, and then um, we will also recruit uh, from among those who have had long COVID. So we're trying to do several distinct things in the study. One is to understand how frequently long COVID complicates COVID infections. Secondarily within that, which children who have COVID are more likely to get long COVID? And then somewhat distinctly among those with long COVID, 
what are the mechanisms by which the long COVID comes to be? How much do we know about these things already? We know less than one might think. I've seen estimates in the incidence or the frequency of long COVID that range from less than 10% to more than 40%. If I had to guess, I would guess that in children, uh, it's probably somewhere in the 10 to 15% range, but that is really a guess. Kids with long COVID, typically, do we know how long they have these symptoms and is there a commonality to the symptoms? There are a wide range of symptoms. One of the reasons to have the control group is to help us to understand which of these symptoms are specific to having had a COVID infection and which may relate to the stresses of living through the pandemic. Uh, but in terms of the symptomatology, there are a range. They, they range from brain fog and lack of concentration to loss of tolerance of exercise. We have uh, high school athletes who become winded walking around the block. Uh, so it really does range. And there are there are skin and muscle and joint manifestations. There are lots of different ways that, that this thing can show. And we don't know exactly which are related to the virus and how. I'd like to add that I divide this into three groups, not just two. So I think about those children who have long covid due to the viral infection in their body. I consider that a complication of COVID that is indirect but very real is in children who have had people in their lives impacted by COVID and therefore have symptomatology as a result of that, what may be uh, post-traumatic or other symptoms because someone in their life uh, either was harmed or they feared harm, there was a threatened harm, uh, and, and I think that's very real and, and is actually a complication of a COVID infection. Then there is that third group I mentioned before who, along with all of us, have lived through the COVID times and some aspects of, the, of that caused them uh, to have symptoms, whether it be um, depression, anxiety, or other physiologic symptoms. You talk about the, the post-COVID symptoms, which sound similar to what adults experience. Is the impact different for children? We're still looking to learn the extent to which they are similar and different, because I, I think there's no question that there are similarities. And I think that the nuances are what we don't yet understand. Um, we do know that there are, uh, with children, you have parents. Uh, and so it's, a, it's not only the child directly who's infected, but their, uh, their caregivers. Certainly adults have spouses and families too. I'm not, not diminishing that. But there may be a, a different way that this is manifest or different impacts given the specific nature of a child and a parent or caregiver. 
but we are still really looking to learn that. This is one of the reasons why this study is so important. There's so much we don't know, uh, far less than, than I wish we did at this point. One of the things we hear from some people is that ki if kids are vaccinated, if they get sick, the symptoms are mild. Do we know whether those kids who have been vaccinated are still susceptible to long COVID? We don't know that, and that's one of the factors. We hope and have reason to believe that the likelihood of long COVID, as with other uh, more severe uh, impacts of the infection, are reduced in those with vaccine. We'll, we'll get the data. This study will help us to get the data, but we don't have it yet. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Similar question, if a child that has not been vaccinated gets COVID, then gets vaccinated, how would that vaccine, that vaccination, impact COVID symptoms and or the potential for long COVID? So far as I know, uh, getting vaccinated doesn't impact current, like if you're vaccinated while you're infected, and I'm not sure that's a good idea, I just don't know. Uh, I've, I've not heard about that being helpful. There has been speculation that comes out of the adult population that uh, there's been speculation that comes out of the adult population that getting vaccinated might reduce the chance of long COVID or even symptoms in those with long COVID. I don't know that that's been studied systematically I hope that that's something that we can learn from this study uh, 
it, as far as I'm concerned, it remains an, a hopeful unknown, but very much of an unknown. One of the things that we're looking at is this new Omicron subvariant. Do we have any idea at this point, based on what we see overseas or anything else, the impact on kids and, again, the potential for post-COVID? And, and maybe we learned something, something about the initial Omicron variant. Well, the initial Omicron variant uh, sent a lot of children to the hospital. So, uh, and, and this uh, new variant is um, much more transmissible than the original Omicron variant. And uh, I don't know about its severity in relation to, uh, to Omicron. And therefore, I, I don't know what its likely impact will be on children. I think we need to treat COVID as a potentially serious infection, as uh, something that has the potential to do uh, mischief and harm for our children, and as something for which prevention is the ideal. Perfect prevention doesn't exist. Um, mitigation exists, and, and vaccination is the front line. Uh, mask, social distancing, uh, ventilation, filtration uh, are all supportive as well as hand washing. And then, of course, staying out of the public when you're sick, when you have a febrile illness, uh, when you've got symptoms that uh, may be suggestive of COVID, uh, certainly without a, a, a test to support that it's not COVID. And, and, and I think that will continue. I think the first year of COVID taught us that we can actually also reduce the spread of influenza by distancing. So uh, it may be that we are going to learn things that will be helpful that relate to staying home when you're sick, maybe wearing masks when flu season is at its peak in your community, things like that that, uh, that might have benefit. I think there's, um, we need to think of masks as, uh, as tools for us to use rather than things that are uh, somehow enslaving us or... Uh, where we're where where we are in service to the mask, but rather the masks are in service to us. If you have young kids or no young kids, you've probably seen the impact the pandemic has had on them. Stress, anxiety, regression, and difficulty adjusting are just the top line concerns. Dr. Larry Kleinman talks about them. In terms of stress, stress can produce emotional and physiological changes. One can, uh, there's even something called epigenetics, whereas the, uh, uh, some of the proteins that surround the genetic code are altered, leading to different functioning, uh, and stress can be seen in that. So uh, th there are reasons to have concerns about what this means for the long term, both the stresses of having gone through the pandemic and the infection uh, whether it be acute COVID or long COVID. I don't want to overstate this, but are, are we looking at a, a group of kids or a generation of kids that are going to face PTSD? I hope not. 
I think it's likely that within that generation, there will be children who suffer PTSD. We have submitted a research protocol. We'd like to study this in the, uh, in the COVID group. Um, but we don't really know the extent to which that will be true. It is unlike PTSD is is a uh, is a specific diagnosis defined by the DSM five, and um, there is also the notion of post traumatic stress that doesn't reach the D, which is disorder, and and I think uh, there will likely be a larger number who suffer some post traumatic stress, and again this can be amplified and and evolve into the disorder or there may be supportive factors uh, that help children to uh, address it and uh, resume a more normal, uh, stress-free, I shouldn't say stress-free, but without abnormal stress, a normal life course without abnormal stress. With that said, masks in schools or unmasking in schools, is that a good idea or a bad idea? Well, the American Academy of Pediatrics says it's a bad idea. Uh, I'm a fellow of the American Academy, and I agree with them. I, I do not think that removing masks in school is a good idea. Keep in mind, first of all, we do not have vaccines for those under five. And many children, teachers, uh, others have um, uh, uh, people in their family who are not of vaccination age. Many children who are eligible for vaccination are not vaccinated. And vaccination is a critical, of critical importance for children as it is for adults. I think that um, I'm empathic and empathetic with those who are ready to be done with masks. I think masks impose a certain level of stress on children and on teachers too. On the other hand, I think they are the best thing at the moment. And I think uh, thinking about things like ventilation continues to be important. Um, uh, washing hands continues to be important. I don't think the benefits of unmasking uh, exceed the risks of unmasking at this point. That being said, the world is unmasking. I, I'm observing it, and I just keep my fingers crossed that I'm wrong and they're right. The implications of long COVID for kids and adults go well beyond the impacted families. Some say we have a healthcare system that's teetering already. Now you throw this on top of everything else. You talk about 10 to 15 percent of kids who get COVID could end up with long COVID. Some estimates are as high as 25 percent. And, I, and, and I'm sorry. And, and I've seen there's one Italian study that 40, said 47 percent, which I, I, I it seems to be an outlier. So I don't believe it. But at least that number is out there. What is the impact on our health care system in, in terms of paying for this, in terms of uh, political wherewithal, medical wherewithal to treat these kids for three months, six months, 12 months? I haven't studied this. Uh, I have studied the health system and uh, insurance for children. And what I would say is it points out the importance of children and families having adequate health insurance. Health insurance 
covering both inpatient and outpatient services, including rehabilitation services. Um, and uh, employers providing opportunities for parents to parent their children in ways that allow them to get the services that are necessary. Um, sometimes that's family leave. Sometimes that's allowing people to have paid time off in order to take their kids to visits. I think it is, uh, it's both a healthcare and an employer system, and it's a, it's a question of values. If we value our children, we need to value their parents, and that requires us making accommodations that uh, allow parents to do the best for their children. Um, it's health insurance, it's time, it's compassion, uh, and, and I think that we have a long way to go to get better uh, at living out the value of children and, and families in our society. And I'm hoping that uh, we can get there, and I'm looking to be a part of uh, helping us to get there. Last thing, do, do you have the sense that as we go through these different variants that COVID might be starting to flame out? and what do you say to parents about their kids' risk or how concerned they should be about an infection or a post-viral infection? I'm going to start with, uh, um, I, I, I saw, uh, I don't remember the name of the organization, but a group of doctors who basically said, you don't need to worry anymore about COVID. And uh, that COVID is just a bad flu. And I, and I went to the sources they cited. And in point of fact, uh, even using the worst years of flu in the recent past, uh, you are much more likely to be hospitalized as a child with COVID than, than uh, with flu, orders of magnitude. So I, I would say, one, this is a significant infection. Thankfully, most children do just fine. But when a lot of children get infected, even a low percentage means a lot of children end up in the hospital or otherwise um, sick and suffering from this illness. And so I, I think prevention is very important. I think mitigation is important. And I think approaching this as a community, trying to do it together, understanding that the, um, the virus is the problem, our, our fellow citizens and our community members are not the problem, and therefore working together to, to work through this would make things better for all of us. Um, in terms of whether COVID will flame out, I hope so. Um, there was a piece in the New York Times over the weekend, I think, uh, could have been yesterday, uh, about the evolution of COVID uh, by some folks who study viral evolution. And they noted that uh, there are distinct factors that make it more or less contagious and more or less serious. And we are likely 
to have mutations in both of those areas over time. So the extent to which we can protect ourselves from it helps make it less likely that we will get the worst of the worst variants to come. Um, and, uh, and so I, I encourage vaccination also with that in mind. Uh, and I hope that it burns itself out in a way that uh, uh, doesn't take it to more virulent strains. Dr. Kleiman, thank you for your time and your patience. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you, Peter. Happy to speak with you. Let's go back to the case of 18-year-old Haley Nelson. While she suffered, her parents agonized. Shannon Nelson gives voice to the frustration so many families experience when trying to figure out what they're dealing with and who can help them. She spoke to WCBS reporter Peter Haskell. You know, it was probably, I'd say, one of the hardest things that myself and our family have had to go through. Um, You know, I mean, especially because it's really all about my daughter and trying to get her better. Um, but my husband and I were just scrambling, trying to, you, you're trying to think, which doctor do we see? How do we get help? She has physical symptoms, but she's also, you know, feeling like, you know, like her brain, you know, she's got headaches and she has a lack of memory. Um, so you're trying to think about, you know, which doctors do we see? Some are just sending us home, you know, thinking that this is, um, you know, maybe something that's made up or something that, you know, vitamins and, and liquid are going to cure. Um, so it was difficult, but, but I'll say my husband and I were both just, you know, searching for doctors, both of us in, in separate directions. And um, we got on a wait list for a long haul COVID um, through Hackensack Meridian. And that's the first time, one of the first times where I think my daughter truly felt heard and felt like she was was not alone when she could meet with with doctors who said oh gosh like you're you're the fourth you know uh young woman who's walked into our office today and these women are really talking about all the same symptoms as you um and and I, I think that made my daughter finally feel heard and just feel like she was not alone in this struggle do you have the sense or the feeling that because she is getting closer that she is going to make a full recovery or are you still concerned about that? Um, definitely concerned about that. I, I hate saying that because she's sitting in the room with me. Um, but there's definitely a concern with that because she has, um, along with her, you know, she's had numerous symptoms, but along with them, she's developed chronic fatigue syndrome as well as POTS. Um, and so these are things that, um, they're, they're pretty debilitating. And I feel like she's progressing, but I just, yeah, I really do. I, every day I keep just hoping, you know, wondering when the time is going to be where she just can say, oh my gosh, like I am 100% me again. You know, we're, we're waiting for that moment for sure. Sadly, there are millions of Americans suffering from long COVID. Many of them are children, and some have yet to be properly diagnosed. This is something our medical and political systems are going to have to address. 
That's 880 In-Depth for this week. Tim Scheld and Peter Haskell are executive producers. 880 In-Depth gives us the opportunity to dig into an important story in our community. You can find us at WCBS880.com where you can look for the podcast tab. 880 In-Depth is also available wherever you get your audio. I'm Steve Scott. Thank you for listening. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.